1: Listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech athletics podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael.
0: All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I am your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? 2 0 in conference play, that's what's up what's up texas tech taking down oklahoma state tonight 90 to 73
1: yeah already active in the chat nathan pointing out on the youtube video that a 90 burger 90 burgers taste awesome awesome good night
0: can i you that, like that a, anymore is that like Sorry. a good burger home of the good burger a ninety I burger think so I see what you That's mean. It's a terrible joke. Um, <clears throat> yeah, man, that was a, a pretty horrific start for the Red Raiders tonight. I think you started off like one for six, got down by, I felt like it was like nine or 11 points
1: early. It was nine, nine. a couple of times. Yeah, Like with 15 minutes left, and then I think with 12 minutes left was when Tech took started
0: to take the game back over, and then you had a nine point lead at the half, so you had an 18 point yeah. swing in 12, 12 minutes, and <laughs> then you end up winning by 17. So, and
1: shooting 60 <laughs> percent
0: after starting off like one for seven or whatever, whatever horrific it was. Um,
1: yeah, the our guys shot 62 percent in the second half, at one point it was 68. And then I guess they slacked off a little bit. How could they? And then... uh, (laughs) How dare they? And and then, you know, shot 54% from three. Just incredible. So even after that awful start, which... Not to throw too many things out there at once, but this team last year just packs it in, right? Down nine. Maybe. 15 minutes. I mean, I can see some... Some heroics coming on late, but it, it would not have been up by nine at half. I mean, no, at, at best you would hope to only still be down by nine at half.
0: Yeah, you would have been Um, like last year. This would have been a struggle to get it back to a close game at the end or the couple minutes left. Um, You wouldn't have turned it around as quickly as you did uh, and then hold off and win with the margin you did. You had five players in double figures. All five of your starters scored at least 13 points. Joe Toussaint was the lowest at 13. Not a great shooting night for Joey T. Three of nine from the field. O of one from three. Seven of eight from the free throw line. So he was uh, drawing a lot of fouls. Uh, also committed four fouls, although that last one's kind of iffy. Um Darian Williams added 14 of his own. He was 50% from the field, 6 of 12. Two more from the charity stripe. You had two guys with 16 points. Welcome back to the scores table. Kerwin Walton scoring. Goodness gracious, yeah. 16 points, 7 of 8 from the field, 2 of 2 from 3. Added 5 rebounds. Uh, Warren Washington also had 16 points, 7 of 8. So he finally missed a shot. It's his first miss in uh, three games. He missed three shots tonight. They showed in the broadcast he was a uh, five for five against Northern Al- Alabama, and then five for five against Texas, and then finished the night seven of ten tonight. So, I knew um, he was
1: perfect against Texas, but I didn't realize he was on a, a three game streak. Yeah. for
0: a little bit. Um, and it, it took him a while to to miss that that first one. It feels like, um, but over the over these three games he's 17 of 20 so really a really efficient shooting from the big man
1: yeah you know i mean we oklahoma state's not going to be the the cream of the crop of the big 12 but they are a big 12 team and i kind of don't care who it is any night someone's going to give you a battle and that's kind of what i thought tech was facing at the beginning mm-hmm. and you know baylor squeaked by with an overtime win in stillwater just on a uh, Saturday. So I knew that once I saw that nine point deficit, I thought, man, we really might be in for, I, th- I felt like tech wasn't out of it, but I thought that we might be in for one of those close games where it's just, they claw back in and claw back. And then it's close the last 10 minutes, but no, nope. Just went away with it and, and did it against a you know, Ken Palm had them ranked 63 in average or adjusted defense last last week.
0: And you so dropped 90
1: like, on them. Yeah, you dropped 90 on them and you shot 60%. And, and you turned the ball over four times. Four. I, I was just enthralled to turn the ball over nine times last week in Austin in an away game. And then you come home and you turn it over four. And you did this against a team that they only turned the ball over nine times. I, I, Tech just offensively looked fantastic tonight. I don't know how else to say it. They looked like a, a, a tournament team offensively and, and defensively too. They were altering shots, obviously. I mean, Oklahoma State still scored 47% of their field goals, which on a normal night, you'd probably win the ball game but not when you're facing somebody who is as hot as tech was including, you know, that 24 from pop and going 50% for three for him and just what, what this team was able to put together. Even McMillan coming off the bench, he was, he only had five points, but he didn't miss two for two from the field and including a three. But I, I'm just excited seeing this team. I, I, like I said, I didn't think Tech was going to be out of it. I just did not expect them to, you know, have a twenty-six point swing mm-hmm. to finish the to finish the game. Uh,
0: in terms of their rankings and advanced metrics, Oklahoma State actually moved up a spot from eighty-six to eighty-five uh, on Haslam metrics. Ken Palm has him as a hundred and six or something, mm. uh, and then K- Kansas State, your next opponent, Ken Palm is in the fifties. Has a metrics has him at 82. So not sure exactly what you're going to see out of that just yet, but um, similar, I would think similar kind of output is possible. Um, But tonight, like I said, you got five, all five of your starters were in double figures. Uh, We didn't, we didn't touch on Isaacs who's your leading leading score 24 tonight, nine of 17 from the field started off pretty cold, but finished 50% from three, two of three from the line. Um, added five rebounds and four assists. Warren Washington being your assist leader tonight was kind of a, a yeah. shocker. Five assists. I, I love that. Um. And two blocks. So. Um, in terms of Oklahoma State, man, Keon Williams, we we told you could could fill it up. He was a little under on his uh his scoring tonight, only five points. Uh, but six rebounds. I feel like those five points and six rebounds were all like early in the game. Um, I didn't feel like it was a he was a huge contributor there late. But they had two guys uh, in double figures in terms of scoring. Javon Small with fifteen. Bryce Thompson with seventeen. Uh, and then nobody else had more than six. Whereas, like you said, you you had five guys in double figures, all above thirteen. Um. You kept it, you know. You kept the ball, kept possession of the ball. You only had four turnovers as uh, as opposed to you forced nine from Oklahoma State, which would be low. Um, you know, only only forcing those nine turnovers, but uh, you were plus five in terms of possessions there. So, um, that's a that's a huge swing there. Um. Michael, what, what what impressed you uh, the most with uh, tonight's game or with uh, Coach McGasson This is a question from Steven Stevens tonight.
1: I really, I was actually thinking of this before he was asked. I wanted to bring this up, so I'm kind of cheating. <clears throat> but I think Texas Tech let Oklahoma State get back within 14 in the last few minutes. It was either coming in or from a time, a TV timeout, I think it was that last four minutes, possibly. The was still coaching. Mm-hmm. I mean, in his guy's face in, in a good way, in a positive way, I hope, but I assume so uh, because they were responding to it in the way that they should. I think that's what impressed me the most was to see this team bounce back from a nine point deficit and then just take control of the game completely. Mm-hmm. And then, as soon as Oklahoma state starts to kind of climb sort of back in it, I mean, they, they really weren't getting back in it, but he was not happy and he let them know. And mm-hmm. they finished the game making five of their last five field goals. <laughs> and I just, I really appreciated the fact that, it, it, you know, I think most coaches would probably do the same thing, but McAsland, I, I'm, I'm adjusting to his, his in, intensity Yes, He seems like he's intensity intense the entire time. It's It would it would be a lot to be coached by him. And, and I think that athletic article that came out right as the season was starting even said so. And the guys were saying it, but I don't think they were saying it in a bad way. It was just, he's going to get onto you and he's not going to let up if you're doing something that he doesn't want you to do. And that's what you want in a coach and that's what you need in a um, you know, young guys that are 20,
0: 19 years old. What did you think Spencer? Yeah, I was, um, this, I guess it comes back. Uh, this is a continuation from Saturday. It's similar point. Um, just how, how, how he coaches. Um, and just, he, his use of timeouts and the strategy coming out of timeouts, um, you saw that there was a there was a strategic timeout when when Oklahoma State started to really extend their lead early in the first half. It was a quick timeout, um, or maybe it was a TV timeout. I, either way, there was an early timeout, um, and then it felt like like the lead had had like they had frozen the lead there. Um, he didn't let it get any bigger. And then there was a, another timeout later. Then then it felt like it was going back in the right direction for Texas Tech. Uh, and we, we noticed this on Saturday, uh, when Tech would call a timeout, um, if if Texas had any kind of momentum going, it was an immediate stop uh for them and able to to rebuild and reset for for, for the Red Raiders. So just how um like there's a there's a noticeable difference in terms of quality of coaching or at least being able to tell what's going on. Um, like having tangible results like you see a timeout called, okay, that I was, that was, the game was getting a little ugly. And then when you come out of the timeout, like it's, it's, it's fiery. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you mentioned, um, you know, the, the coaching, I, I was listening to the, the gambling gauchos. This is something that they, they, they touched on as well, uh, after the game uh, against Texas, as there were times in the game where, um, you know, he was finishing a coaching point with a, with an individual player as play was continuing on behind him. Like he would basically like turn around. Like I've I've got to finish my point. I've got to I've got to, you know, continue to to coach and teach and develop these guys um as a game is happening. And he, he did that to to Lamar Washington last week, uh this weekend, uh to Chance McMillan. Um uh, Williams, man, he's he's something else. Um, I'm excited about, 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 him. Um, and I, I think, um, the way that, that, you know, you see how intense, um, uh, gasoline is around him or to him, um, would indicate some like really high expectations. Um, yes. Which I guess like you, you could say that for anybody, right? Like it, it's not like he takes it easy on, on Isaacs or, Tucson but I, I I can't remember him getting after Tucson the way I've seen him get after Williams and and Washington Lamar Washington um and not, not that that's to say like Tucson is uncoachable or like he's just so much better um but I think his eye for um for the youth and development and his ex- expectations of them um is just it's a great thing to see and and like you know that there were there were complaints from from me especially last year we, we were we were getting kind of fed up with the uh the demeanor on the sideline from from coach adams and there's certainly some some value to to being um steady and even keeled and not like a, an emotional roller coaster and screaming on the sideline and all that kind of stuff being uh bent out of shape uh, and you could count on him to be that kind of steady uh, factor, but it was so much so it was like, is, is is he is he engaged in the game at all? Like I, I know he's like watching the game, but like I don't know. Um, so it's good to yeah, see like the, the the blend there where like he's 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 into the game. He's he's intense, but not like you know losing his mind or throwing himself on the court like previous coach would and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it's it's been an adjustment to get back to a fiery coach because Beard was definitely that. And and I, I am very interested to see how McAslin approaches the last minute of a three point game. I think his IQ and his willingness to get involved is going Can we talk to talking about that over
0: the weekend on Discord? Go I f-
1: I don't oh, I I actually didn't see that, but it's gonna go far and above what we had for the last two coaches. Cause as, as good as beard was his philosophy, the last minute of the game was kind of whatever happens, happens. Just let it all. <laughs> Let's just go. Oh, we've got two timeouts left. I don't know. Up by three. No, nah, we're not going to foul. Good luck. Let's see what the guys do. Oh, shucks. <laughs> it didn't work. So, and then Adams, I, I think he would try to do some things, but, it just never felt like it was as or going to be as successful. And honestly, Tech wasn't in that many close games.
0: No, not last year. No,
1: that I remember. So it, it wasn't. It, it wasn't a great example there. So I, I think with uh, McCaslin, we're we're in for a little bit of some basketball education. The last minute of a game, of a close game. That's what I'm hopeful for, anyway.
0: Yeah. So. Tonight, you wrapped it up 90 to 73. Um, not that far off from the hazard metrics, at least in terms of points given up. They had, uh, he had a projected, you giving up 66. They scored 73. That has a little bit to do with your final score being uh, so much higher. Um, but this defense, man, it's, it's something to watch. And the, the offense is, is is coming along and, and that's also really exciting. Um, and I, I, I can't I can't break down x's and O's and to tell you exactly what what's working and why it's working. Um, but what I, what I can tell you is that I can see improvement in chemistry. Um, the things we were frustrated with last year about not closing out on threes, giving a you know a lot of open threes. Um, very little or limited ball movement or uh, movement away from you know off the ball um like there's just so much different this year that has me excited about this year and 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 moving forward um that it's hard not to buy into a little bit of the hype now that you're you're, you're 2-0 and in, in conference play you've got another winnable game coming up this weekend um you know it's just it's hard to say well you went 0-8 starting the conference play last year and you could start off 3-0 um Well, ask, ask Iowa state.
1: They did something. They did some crazy turnaround last year and the year before that it's, it's definitely doable for something like that to happen. And I I think what stands out to me, as you mentioned, the ball movement on offense has improved and there are actually more than one player within the three point arc. Whenever a shot gets put up, that drove me insane. Like every play was just one guy that either drove the ball in himself or shot a three and then five guys standing outside the arc, maybe. So There's a lot it, of standing it, it's around, been yeah. nice. Yes. It's been nice to see a lot of movement, a lot of crashing, a lot of going to the basket, actually trying to find somebody to block out, trying to get the rebounds, which is going to be tough for this team. We talked about last week, but doable and so uh that's something i've noticed and i've also noticed that pop isaacs is sort of turning into tony parker which is uh not a bad thing at all Who? the way that he's able to just fly by defenders and all of a sudden have a shot in the air before you even know that he's like he just went he just went by you
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he just there's a shot in the air and it goes it's been going in a lot lately or he's getting fouled
0: yeah well, Toussaint, too. He's
1: using the basket to protect him. Or or he's finding guys like Warren. You know, he, he's... Yeah, Toussaint's really... He's he's a different type of uh, of driver. He's just as interesting and fun to watch work against a defense. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I'm getting some Tony Parker vibes with Pop Isaacs right now. It all goes back to the Spurs. Sorry, everybody. They have like four wins. Let me have this. <laughs>
0: Where, where is Tony Parker these days?
1: I thought he was, I don't know where he is. I, I know they just uh, had a ceremony for him in San Antonio a week or two ago. And what's really cool is when Binyama has a picture of him as a young kid wearing a Tony Parker jersey. <laughs> nice. Because he was French, so it's kind of a big deal. He gets to gets to play for the the same Spurs that Tony Parker did. I guess we could talk about K-State if you want.
0: Yeah, up next Kansas State Saturday 3 p.m. ESPN2. They are victorious tonight 81-67 over West Virginia. West Virginia, man. They're bad. Uh they were in Morgantown. Uh West Virginia so far is 5 and 10 of the season. K-State moves to 12 and 3. 2 and 0 Big 12 play are the Wildcats, but they are uh, has the metrics 82, Kin Palm, uh, mid 50s or so. Um, as a at least as a tonight after, after tonight's games, they were 61 as we were putting notes together. Projected, uh, I'd say a comfortable nine, maybe 10 point win, uh, for, for the Red Raiders this Saturday. That's another home game. Um, they are led. They've got a couple of really fantastic guards. Uh, one, obviously, Tyler Perry, uh, who you wanted at Texas Tech last year, coming out, out of North Texas to come with Coach Gas. Um, Tyler Perry scoring just under sixteen points per game, fifteen point seven from thirty three percent, thirty three percent from three, um, and uh, a little more than five assists. They're led in scoring by guard Cam Carter, uh, sixteen. A little more than 16 points per game, 40% um, from the field That's Field goal. Sorry. Oh, you're good. <laughs> I, I, I figured 29% from three. He's not a great three point shooter, um, but you found it amazingly. He's got 12 blocks. Yeah, it's crazy. He's, he's, he's a guard. He's six, three guard, but he's he's athletic enough to get, get his hand on that, on those shots, 29 steals. And then five uh, rebounds a game. Um,
1: Yeah. And, and tonight, you know, he's obviously pretty effective defensively, but tonight he went off in Morgantown. So Morgantown went into halftime up by two Morgantown, West Virginia. Virginia, They were up 42, 40, which is a great John Deere tractor. We had a 44, 40 and we had a 42, 30. So not quite, not quite the score, but anyway, uh, West Virginia had a two point lead at the half and then, they were outscored by 16 in the second half. So K-State came out, scored 41 to West Virginia's 25. And Carter was responsible for 23 points tonight.
0: Mm-hmm. He was
1: only one of six from three, so that still kind of holds true. Not super, not a big threat in, in the three-point game. Of course, watch him hit seven or eight against Tech or something. Six of 14 from the field, but here's where they're going to get you, Spencer. 10 for 10 from the line. So he made 10 free throws, 23 points, 10 of them were free throws. If the plan is to just have Carter drive into the lane, you've got to force him to make a shot and try not to foul him because he's going to drain those free throws. Uh, You know, we talked about Perry a little bit, not his night tonight, only six points, one of eight from the field. And that was a three. Um, but he's still dished dished out five assists, so mm-hmm. he's still going to be effective. He's going to be finding guys open, even on nights where his shots aren't falling, and that's going to be a a good reunion for him and and Coach McCaslin because I I would assume that nothing ended on bad terms there. You know, he just so. may have wanted to try out something different. Uh, he was the NIT most outstanding player and. You know he was a preseason honorable Big Twelve mention, so he's he's a, he's a really good player, and he's somebody that he's a fifth year senior, so he spent quite a bit of time with with Coach McCasland and mm-hmm. well two seasons, but I think that I'm sure he he arrived with a lot of skills, but I'd like to think that his his skills improved a little bit at UNT.
0: Yeah, for sure. the The Wildcats shot. 54% from the field tonight. Um, only hit six threes, 31.6% from three. Um, but they got to the line. You were talking about um, Carter was there 10 times. They shot 23 free throws, hit 19 of them. Um, they had three other guys in double-figure scoring tonight. Uh, they're all forwards, Columa, Gessen, and McNair, 7, 17, 17, and twelve. Don't trust my pronunciations on any names, especially when I I, I uh, butchered Asmus as bad as, as I did. Um, but they had a guard, another guard. Uh, the only guy, the other, only other player that scored uh, off the bench, Finister, twenty-two minutes, six points. Uh, they had a really shallow rotation, even playing a, a team like West Virginia. And, um, they they played ten guys, but. Besides Finister, who played twenty-two, nobody played more than eight. Um,
1: oh, eight minutes? Yeah, yeah, no kidding.
0: And a guy played one, three, six, one, and eight, off the bench. Well,
1: and you mentioned their free throws. They were they shot twenty-three tonight. That's pretty much their average. They average coming into this game, it was twenty-two point four per game. So they're gonna get to the line, and Tech's gonna have to be able to adjust to that and. Maybe switch up zone a little bit, try to th- throw them off. But I, and then you know it's just going to open it up because if if you've got somebody like Perry coming through the lane, and you're able to stop him, he's gonna he's gonna find somebody who's open. Carter had four assists tonight too, so the, these guys are going to be able to find some open players. Speaking it'll, of coming through the lane, it'll be a good a good test, a very good test.
0: What? Yeah, for sure. Did did you see there was an actual uh, block call tonight? my goodness or charge. Yeah. It's a charge. Oh, I was
1: like, I was like, well, the blocks are all the time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They, they call. They, yeah. They're, they're, they're no more, they're no more, uh, no more charges anymore. They're all blocks. Yeah. There was a charge. And I was like, what, when is, we're going to call that That is it still a thing now. Of course it went against tech, but, um, yeah. Who, who would have known? Anyways, that game's don't, coming up. I don't miss the
1: the constant bodies hitting the floor. I really don't miss it. It's like kind of bodies at the floor.
0: <laughs> Good Dallas band, man. You set me up for that one perfectly. Thank you. That's that mesquite high school coming out right there. Drowning pool, man. They they started in Dallas. I don't even knew that.
1: Anyway That was a that was a staple in the in the Badger locker room before before football.
0: Yeah, as as long as it's not your bodies.
1: No, the other the, no. Well, yeah. I, I mean, unless you're wrapped up, involved, bringing down
0: another body. Um. So yeah, sorry. Kansas State Saturday three p.m. ESPN two. Um. Maybe you're. It's a bad time for the game, Michael, because that's like the good, like a good break in the the, the weather this weekend. Yeah,
1: because it's about to get real
0: on Monday. Sunday and Monday. High of twenty one on Monday, low of eight, low of six, and going into Tuesday. What are we doing? This isn't this isn't <laughs> Manhattan, Kansas. Um, single single digit weather. What are we talking about? Yeah, make sure your faucet covers or faucets are covered outside, guys. Your spigots. Mm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, uh, as of putting the notes together, Haslametrics has this as a nine ish point game. Uh, In favor of the Red Raiders. Uh, Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Um, I did see, uh, as I'm doing this, uh, Iowa State able to hold off the Houston comeback. They do end up winning by three. Uh, Oh, wow. At one point, they were up by, like, 11 early. I think it was, like, 10 to nothing uh, early in the game. Um, Yeah, Texas Tech win 71 to 63. 8.1. Eight point one, actually, and if you're if you're playing Kansas at home, as of tonight, you'd be a three point favorite. Corner has the metric since they're right next to each other there on the document. Um, that was a low scoring game at the Hilton Center.
1: Yeah, they're both Houston, in the fifties. Yeah, fifty seven to fifty three. So Houston handed their first loss of the season tonight.
0: I think they were, were the their last...
1: second. Their second Big 12 game. Welcome. Welcome to the conference, Cougars.
0: I think they may have been the last undefeated, too.
1: I wonder. They might have been. Um, I can pull up the AP real speaking quick.
0: Speaking of the Cougars, we travel. Tech, Tech travels to Houston next week, Wednesday night, 8 p.m. on ESPNU. Currently number two Houston. That may change. Although one loss, uh, close loss on the road, may not, like, <laughs> demolish their 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 ranking, but... Um, expected to be a, a, a tough matchup on the road in Houston against a top five, at least Cougar yeah, squad. And
1: especially, especially with, uh um, yeah, I, I, I would imagine they won't get dinged too much because Iowa state's a tough place to play and they almost always have a competitive team.
0: They are on the road again, Saturday. Houston is They're in Fort Worth. Take on TCU. Mm-hmm. So we'll be back Tuesday night uh, to preview that one. Um, we'll do an instant reaction of sorts on Saturday. I don't know if it'll be in immediately after the game, but um, like I said, eight, nine point uh, projected win. Um, they're not a, they're not as good of a, a, a field goal shooting team as you are. You shoot 46%, they shoot 43. You shoot much better from three, you're 36. That, that'll actually go up. Um, mm-hmm. tonight they were, uh, Kansas state coming in tonight was 30 and a half. Uh, they actually give up more opponent threes than they make 33, uh, Texas tech opponents are making 31. Um, not a good free throw shooting team, 73% to your 78. Uh, they do attempt a ton though. You were talking about earlier, they attempt 23 a game, uh, Texas tech attempts 20. They just don't hit as, as, as many as you do. Uh, and they're really good uh rebounding team. Yes. Um,
1: <laughs> that was another thing that popped out.
0: But they turn the ball over a ton. Fourteen turnovers per game and they force 13. Yeah, so. if
1: if tech is able to maintain possession of the ball and not not allow this defense to hound him too much, because this is a you know, Ken Palm has him as a thirty-four in adjusted defense as of earlier today. But, uh, you know, those rebounds are going to come back to haunt tech if they're not able to hit some shots. So hopefully the offense sticks around a little bit longer. They do a good job of of avoiding a, a good defense and keeping the ball in the right hands and then also making some shots because I, I think they're going to have trouble winning that rebound battle.
0: Yeah. And then it gets real. You've got Houston uh, and BYU for your two games next week. Both ranked opponents. You do get one of them at home, but on the road at Houston, back home for top 20 BYU. They are uh, in a rock fight right now with Baylor, are the Cougars of BYU. Baylor currently up 4.67, 63, just under five minutes to go there in Waco. Did you, uh, have you seen pictures from their new arena, Michael? Uh, Baylor's new arena? Yeah. It's, Initial I thoughts. wanted to make, f-
1: I wanted to make fun of it, but then I bet that would be a great place to play as a home team. Just, you know, it, it just, shows some, just it, everybody's stacked on everybody. It, it's just that the, the, the angle
0: is jarring. Show some awareness, right? To to decrease your uh, your arena or stadium size, because they did it with football too. Um, you know, you don't sure. always have to be big, yeah. bigger. The um, bigger facilities, bigger seating, but um, it's kind of comically small. It's like seven thousand seats. Is that what it is? It's about half the size of the
1: supermarket's arena, but Baylor has about half the amount of students. So it, I, I'm, I get it. I mean, I, like you said, I, I appreciate the awareness of it. I'm trying not to dog it too much or just because it's Baylor and it's a competitor. And so naturally your instinct is to, ah, well, our stuff's better, but I do like the aspect that they did kind of play to, okay, we're not going to fill 10,000 seats a game. But we might feel five, six, or seven a lot. So let's let's bring that down, and then make it an atmosphere that feels like a. I don't know. Just just the the vid- videos and images I've seen of it are very, for lack of a better word, intimate. It's a very intimate <laughs> way to to surround yourself with fans in an arena. But I have not watched a, a game. I, I think a lot of most of the complaints are people watching the game and the angle of the camera, how kind of severe that is. But I have not actually seen that yet.
0: The, it, it gives two different kind of vibes off. It gives like, well, I guess three uh, with the open windows on the ends kind of reminds me of uh, Fog Allen. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: that is an old school feel. I do like that. This feels st- like a big high school gym or something. Yeah.
0: The steep angles, like the real close seats remind me of Gallagher, Iowa at Oklahoma state. Um, and there was another, it's like, it's like in the the Midwest, it's like, there's a, there's a Midwest basketball arena that I don't know why I'm, I'm blanking on. It's a smaller school.
1: I was about to say, was it Indiana?
0: Oh, it's like Marquette or it's not Purdue. Purdue's like stuck in my, my, my mouth right now. Um, Creighton, not Creighton. Maybe great. I don't know. one of those smaller Midwest uh, type schools that has a pretty intimidating uh, home court environment with a smaller arena, but. Yeah, and
1: I also feel like, you know, once you've won a national championship in basketball, you can kind of build whatever arena you want. <laughs> yeah. Especially much, with uh, both sports, the, the women too, they've won one. Semi recently. Well, hey, uh
0: the women's won a national title at Texas Tech. Too much Baylor talk. We're losing well, losing listeners on uh, on the YouTube. So we gotta oh, bring sorry, it back to Texas sorry. Tech. Let's okay. uh listen. <clears throat> excuse me. Let's uh roll over to, to football real quick, give an update on the portal. There were some some portal movement. Uh there was a national title game last night, Michael. If you want to talk about <laughs> yeah. that? Uh and then we'll wrap this up with what we learned. Um let's start with um let's start with the tech news let's start with the portal we heard um updates from a couple guys that were already in the portal where they're they're headed josiah pierre headed back to the state of florida going to ucf uh unfortunately for texas tech i like this move for him um i think it makes a lot of sense and i think he can be um really productive for them he was a really great linebacker for us I uh, hate to lose him, but with the depth and the youth you've got now, it may have been difficult for him to see the field. And then uh, we continue to to supply Houston with all of our rejects. Tight end, Jay, not that Jaden York is a reject, but another tex Tech, Tech player heading down to play for the Cougars. Jaden York, tight end, headed to Houston. And then you saw defensive lineman Blake Burris hit the portal. Um I did want to mention it. I, I was talking to Michael about this before we hit record. Uh as I was doing my research getting ready for the show today, I was looking at the portal names. Um, and maybe I missed it, but there are a handful of guys that we have told you about that had announced they were in the portal that aren't not listed in the portal. Um and I've been looking at the the portal tracker, portal tracker. Oh my gosh. I can't, I can't speak. Portal tracker on Rivals. Uh, and they, they, they had Blake Burris on there, which that was new since I put together the stuff uh, from this afternoon. So it seems like they updated fairly frequently, but there were a couple of guys on, on our list that are no longer listed in the portal. I don't know if that means they're coming back. Uh, namely, Matt Keeler uh, and Tyler TK King. Or if the, they had intended, they announced their intentions to enter the portal and just never did or haven't yet. Hmm. Um, that is
1: a rabbit hole to compare the two that we know the two lists that we that we have to look and go by
0: yeah you did get a you did have a flurry of commitments from portal uh portal guys this weekend you picked up three new um new players uh, you've got a, just a couple of days left, or maybe today or tomorrow. I can't remember the last day transfers can uh, can happen because they have to be enrolled day one of class. Uh, and I don't know when Texas Tech classes start just yet. Um, I could look that up really quickly, but you've got a defensive lineman from Nevada, James Hansen. Um, he will be a grad transfer. After starting off um, Riverside Community College, it's a it's a well known community college, especially for Texas Tech fans. We've recruited a lot of players out of there, namely like Bruce Jones, it's uh, a cornerback. Will Smith, a linebacker from several years ago. Uh, I believe the running back Sedell Foster came from there. Um, big like Tommy Tuberville. This is a, this connection. is
1: impressive. Watching you just. <laughs> spat out names from Riverside Community College. Okay, go ahead. Well they were all like big contributors for you. So
0: uh, absolutely, uh, but I had no idea where they came from. <laughs> anyway, so after that he went on to Utah State and then at Nevada. So now he's a grad transfer. He graduated, uh, will have a year left. Uh six two, three oh seven defensive lineman. Uh supposedly his best skill is is getting off the block. Um, disengaging from from his blocker. So um that certainly sets up well to be disruptive, uh, whether it's a depth piece or like we we need to count on this this man to to play some significant and meaningful snaps this upcoming season. We'll see how he how he continues to develop, but can't hurt adding a guy of that size to our line. Uh, I know we're we're super excited about Amir Washington and Due to Banks uh, and those kind of guys, but um, when you missed out on Sa'ili, Going to BYU, uh, you were definitely wanting to grab uh, an older middle of the defensive line type piece, and that's what this guy is. Um, played in 24 games for Nevada, so that's two years. Uh, started 18 of those, recorded 37 tackles, seven and a half for lo- for a loss, and two sacks. And then you picked up two other guys, um, former four-star guys. One is a um, tight end in Jason Llewellyn from... Most recently from Oklahoma, originally from Alito, Texas, 6'5", 255. uh, It's a four-star in the 2022 class. Um, Played in 10 games or appeared in 10 games in 2022. uh, And then just three this past year, able to preserve that red shirt. So he will be a red shirt sophomore at Texas Tech. Um, So that means three years of eligibility left for Llewellyn. uh, Adding another... Sizable and talented body to that tight end room. My goodness, um, and then you get defensive back from TCU, Javion Wilcox, 6'1", 200 was a four star recruit in this last recruiting cycle, twenty twenty three, out of Belton, same school as Micah Hudson. Uh, did not play, so he will be a freshman for Texas Tech. Um, can't can't have too many four stars on on your roster, Michael. Can't have too many. Of no, them. please. Yes. Um, but speaking of four stars on your roster, they lead uh, to talented teams, and we saw a couple of talented teams go out last night in the national title game. Although the final score wasn't what you would have ex- expected, um, it felt very much like a uh, Texas Tech defense with a little bit of a um, slow, unsure start, and then got your feet back underneath you and kind of st- steadied the ship. But unfortunately, for Washington, it was a little too little, too late. Michigan was able to run for like two hundred something yards in the first half before they got their their rush defense kind of squared away. Um, and and they did it with two very long rushing touchdowns from the backup running back or the guy that had that had been replaced by Corum. Um, mm-hmm. both runs were just like fantastic. Like he hit the line like into like a massive people and then bounced out and then ran away from everybody. Um, I think they ended up being the second and third longest rushing touchdowns in a national title game or or maybe just in the the CFP era uh, behind like an Alabama running back from 2016 who had a 50-yarder. And then he had two last night at 40-something yards apiece. Anyways, Michigan ends up winning 34-13. At least to my eyes, it looked like Penix was, he was, he was off. He wasn't hitting the darts that he was throwing against Texas or in the, uh, Pac-12 title game. Um, he just, he just didn't look like, like he was in it, um, health wise. R- they running back. They're running back suffered, uh, an ankle injury when the first couple of pl- plays, uh, Penix had his his leg rolled up on and was still out there playing, um, but he, he was like missing wide open receivers. They were their drops all over the place, uh, un- uncharacteristic at least from the little bit I've seen from from Washington uh, from how they got there. But um, fun game nonetheless. I guess uh, I was it was entertaining for me that I mean I, I did end up enjoying it that it wasn't like a. a Alabama, Clemson, Georgia type game um, or that they weren't in that game. I have a, a old work friend that actually went to Michigan as a Michigan alum. So I, I got to text with him a little bit last night, which was cool. He sent me a, a, a meme back and it was in the, the Michigan colors of blue and yellow. It's like the um, weather forecast in Houston just as, and it just says hail and all capital letters in like their, their font I guess is one of their <laughs> chants or something. I don't know. I was like, "Cool." I don't, I don't, I don't get the reference. But besides, you know, it being all Michigan. But congrats on the game. Um. So yeah, Michigan wins. I think it's their first one in like twenty something years. I don't remember. Any thoughts, yeah, Michael, I, on how long this one will stand before it gets vacated out with all of, uh, the Harbaugh yeah. stuff?
1: I mean, I I hope we make it to the summer.
0: We'll see. So, wait, what happens first? Is Jim Harbaugh hired away from Michigan, or do they vacate the wind first?
1: I think he will know. He will somehow catch wind of something, and he he will be gone in said wind by the time S hits the fan. That's typically how this goes because the coach just – skirts away while the school you know takes takes on a three-year probation or from bowl, bowl season or whatever the heck they've got to do yeah and then he's over coaching the titans or something but i i think i, I did enjoy this game for a while i honest honest i forgot it came on oh michael it was like 7 30 I got home, my family and I were just hanging out. Uh, I was going through like this basket of cables, which <laughs> is just a thing. I, cause we're cleaning I, have, out I have
0: several baskets of cables. This is oh, thing. so do
1: I, but I've narrowed it down to one. But they were just, it was a madhouse basket of cables. So I had to organize them and got rid of several and got rid of a bunch of things and f- tried to figure out what the heck this charger was for. Oh, yeah, that's for those giant glowing light cubes her grandmother got her for something four years ago. So anyway, I was doing all that and just hanging out. And then all of a sudden it was time to start the bedtime routine and everything. And I realized, Oh yeah, the national championships games on, but luckily for me, because of the commercials and everything, I only missed the first half. <laughs> so I got to, I, I yeah, mean, so I you sat got down got it back, watching it was- like it. Yeah, eight-something was when I finally got to sit down and start watching, and it was still, they were finishing up halftime show. I was like, oh, man, okay. I was, it was still a one-score game, I think, and then, yeah, the doors just kind of blew off at the end. I was shocked by how bad Washington looked,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how, uh, you know, Penix was really having trouble, and his receivers were having trouble getting open and catching the ball, just everything offensively looked rough i was i was very surprised by that uh but i was enjoying a national championship game and up until the last five or six minutes when that interceptions and almost pick six sealed it mm-hmm. i it was um, practically a pick six like a, what was it a play or two later they
0: ran it in yeah it was like 80 something yards and i think they scored the next play yeah no, it was the second play after that. Cause they, they ran it and got down like inside the one. I was like, why just, Oh, and then they just, and yeah. they just powered it in. Um, we, um, we decided because it was the last football game, uh, college football game, we were gonna do like, a little table gate, like, tailgating at home. Uh, just some finger foods. We went with, um, the dip trio, salsa, guac, queso, and fruit and veggie tray. Um, just a veggie tray, um, and so like we were putting together, and it's like I remember, I was like, uh, the the app says six thirty, but I can't tell like how much a pregame is going to be on there. I heard on the radio they're going to be carrying the game at seven, like at six forty five. I was like, I'll just turn it on, and they're going through like the coin toss and the national anthem. I was like, okay, so we're, we're getting close, and like I, I turn around, I'm washing veggies. I turn back around, and, and they kicked off. I was like. It's like six forty eight. Like what? <laughs> I thought the game was at seven. Like what's what's going on? Yeah. And then it was, you know, it was at like,
1: six or supposed to be.
0: Yeah. Well, so like the six thirty start was the they they started the broadcast and they had all the the anthem and all the stuff they did. I just thought I was I I thought I was I was tuning in early to catch the seven o'clock kick. In fact, I was almost right on time, fifteen minutes late. So. Anyways, we, uh, we sat around, we, we, we snacked, uh, watched the game, had a good time. Boys were bored. They had no idea what we were doing, but (laughs) this is for me and Samantha. There you go. Just enjoy one more football game before. Uh, I mean, we, we do watch professional sports. She's not as much into the pros as I am. And and that's, that's saying like, like, I'm not like super into professional sports. I watch the Cowboys and the Rangers, obviously when they're not on Bally, so, which is rare. Oh well, and if you want to watch Patrick Mahomes
1: in his wild card playoff game, you get to subscribe to Peacock.
0: Did you know that? No, I did. I did hear this, the like, Chiefs Dolphins game is on freaking Peacock this weekend. I did hear this would be one of his first um, his first playoff games away from home.
1: Yes, I do. Uh, that's true.
0: I mean, outside the outside the, of the Super Bowl, but like.
1: The playoff game. Probably a hell of a lot warmer in Miami than Kansas City this weekend. So, joke's on you, Dolphins. Although, um, well, yeah, but
0: (laughs) I have my brother-in-law that owns the roofing company here in town. They have their their national, I guess, international conference in the Bahamas this week. They landed in Fort Lauderdale. There was a tornado in Fort Lauderdale today. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's not Miami. It's close-ish, but... Um, well, south Florida. <laughs> it's been a while since I've been to Fort Lauderdale. My dad used to live there when I was early high school age. We visited in one spring break. All right. Anyways, first day of class for Texas Tech, January 10th. <laughs> so tomorrow, Wednesday. Close that loop. Anybody transferring in has to be on campus basically now, um, to hit the, uh, started classes. Okay. So do you want to get to the, the rankings, Michael, you, you have a question here, how we would shake out the rankings with the way that yeah. some of the, the new year's six bowls ended.
1: I was, yeah, I was just going to ask you of all the AP voters, Michigan was unanimous. Number one pick makes sense until they have to vacate. But who would you put at number two? I mean, with that performance last night,
0: most everybody picked Washington. It's hard not to hand they were in the, in, in the game. Agree. But, man, they just looked... Were they ever in the game, though? <laughs> well, as in, like, they were they were participating in the game. I, I see what you as mean. They were as, physically there. As much as TCU was playing in the game last year.
1: You're Well, okay, let's not go that far.
0: <laughs> it's Probably they twice were, as much as they were participating <laughs> as TCU. Um, like that's I almost true. just out of spite and just, just bitter heart want to say Georgia.
1: I do too. I, that's really where my heart is. The the way that they demolished Florida
0: state. And like, I don't think they should have dropped out of the playoff after losing to Alabama. I don't think Alabama should just jumped them. Um, and that may Agreed. just be, um, you know, confirmation bias since Alabama lost uh, to Michigan. But a Michigan-Georgia playoff game would have been fascinating. Oh, sure. Yeah. Everybody would have tuned in
1: for that. I saw that the ratings for this was the highest national championships game has been
0: in four years. So we don't want to just watch an SEC team play every year. Hmm. It's not just me. Yeah, no, I I truly
1: did purposefully check out the last – I can't even remember who was in the last one. I don't mind, you know, now that Georgia's kind of making appearances. It's Georgia TCU. Yeah, I did watch that. I watched every second of that. I enjoyed every second of that one. <laughs> I reveled in it. Um, I just kept retweeting disrespectful gifts every time Georgia scored again. <laughs> did they run out, but, out of fireworks? Because that, that would have been classic. <laughs> they ran out of compressed air for the truck horn.
0: Had to, they had
1: to bring in a, a tanker.
0: Oh man. Yeah.
1: So anyway, I mean, I, it's I would, hard. I would kind of put some people did. Some people did put Georgia number two, some put Alabama <laughs> because of course.
0: Well, and, and but, like, I, I, I would even understand that cause they were in the playoff game, but also they were, I don't think they're better than Georgia, but they beat Georgia. So yeah. Yeah. I based
1: off of the final four, Georgia has to be fifth because of that mentality so like okay the first four can shuffle a little bit but obviously george is the fifth best
0: yeah if if we're just gonna
1: but i would put him at two honestly i absolutely would
0: yeah i I wouldn't change the the rankings based on who played in the playoffs who participated in the playoffs it would be michigan washington texas alabama and that order Um, Put florida
1: state at like 15
0: (laughs) dropping way out but if if we're going to if we're going to disregard who is actually in the playoff then yeah I would add Georgia in there. I would drop Alabama back. Um And then it's like well well who's higher Texas or Washington? Probably Washington. Yeah, cuz they won the head I, I to head. St- I still think Texas is probably the better team. Would it have been a closer game with Michigan? Probably not. I don't know. I don't think uh I don't think Ewers is as good as Penix. I don't think their receivers are as good. A Texas
1: offense only had about three good drives the other nine. Yeah. Anyways. I, I, instead of, you know, ten against Texas Tech. Because that was all their Super them. Bowl. That was really that was they they burned all of their prep and everything for Texas
0: Tech. Yeah. On uh on the topic of questions, Michael, we actually have a question to get to. From the we discord do have a question, from the discord, yes. Uh, I don't, we're not going to get into the discord mailbag. Um, this is not, a, not our mailbag, but there was one tagged for us, uh, ironically. So, I gotta figure out which button it is because it's been so long. Uh, we'll get to a, a question and then we'll uh, we'll wrap this, wrap this up with what do we learn
1: now. Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Who's
0: in the box? Uh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy. Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Michael, the truth. Is mm-hmm. there a more polarizing chain in West Texas than Taco Villa? Taco Villa, depending on your, your philosophical I've,
1: bent. I've thought quite, about, quite a bit about this today. This is from TW from WT. And... I don't know if there is. I don't know if there's one more polarizing or not. I, I don't think it helps that there are two versions of Taco Villa out here. I yeah, I think like two, Odessa has yeah. their own version of Taco Villa, and then Lubbock has their own version. And I think they kind of branch out into their respective
0: areas. The franchise owners there. are different, and there's just enough differences right. like on the menu and the, and the ingredients. Two really different websites. It's a different experience going to Taco Villa in Absolutely. than Middle Odessa Odessa. Um if we're just talking food, maybe not. Um, but I know I know there are some opinions on on the gas stations out here. There's a <laughs> big changeover in gas stations going on right now. Um it seems like we went like it was a big rush to uh, to get all into um QT, you know, that's, that's Dallas. Um,
1: yeah, there's uh, Circle K. And C- Circle K was a big totem,
0: big big push. Now it's totem. Forty seven
1: of each in
0: Lubbock now. Yeah, and uh, all subs and DK and Phillips stripes. Stripes is gone or whatever. Um, no stripes is here. What are you talking about? Okay, then it's all subs that's going. Or switching over to DK? The, no, no.
1: That was seven eleven. No. No, seven eleven, all the seven 11s here in town switched over to QT, which is not to be confused with Quick Trip. Because QT was just I never set foot in one, but it looks like all they did was just spray some spray paint over the seven eleven sign and call it a QT. <laughs> but I saw that they've been redoing some of those lately. But yeah, I think a, a polarizing chain in West Texas one for me is Bucky's because they're not in West Texas.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's absolutely a polarizing chain for me. They are my Super Bowl maximum copium. <laughs> they hate West Texas.
0: If they're yes. going to Amarillo over Lubbock, then
1: which TW lives around Amarillo or in Amarillo, I'm not quite sure. But so he will get a Buckies, but we won't. Midland Odessa won't. El Paso won't. We're not worthy. They have five Bucky's in Alabama or whatever, and one west of Wichita Falls, and it's going to be in the Panhandle. Yeah. So I, I Bucky's is polarizing for me as far as West Texas because they don't exist here. I could, I don't really get why Taco Villa is polarizing aside from the fact that there are the two different ones. I've seen people have stronger opinions about Taco Casa. Because of the olives situation. It's strange. Yeah. I I don't think people care for that. Uh, I grew up in Abilene. So I grew up thinking everyone loved Taco Bueno and it was good everywhere. It's more Bueno. It's not good everywhere. (laughs) So that one's, I don't even think that's polarizing. I just think everyone out here who didn't grow up in Abilene thinks Taco Bueno is terrible. And I kind of don't blame them because the ones that, have been here now, their first run fifteen years ago or so was pretty solid, but man, the one that was here last was was awful. the one over by ninety eighth in Milwaukee it was not a good not a good run for the buenos. you know
0: what was confusing growing up Michael we had like five different fast food mexican chains in in the dallas area. bless you that was um taco something taco bell taco bueno taco casa taco cabana you have taco
1: john's no you did have cabanas though yeah
0: mm-hmm. that's right i feel like there's something else i'm missing anyways like it's a it's it's a taco restaurant why are they different they're all different um oh, yeah okay michael did you ever go to lone wolf here in town Yes. Yes, I did. I miss it, man. I miss it every day. We lived over there. <laughs> uh, when Samantha and I first got married, we were on those apartments at, like, West Loop and 19th. Mm. Um, and so, like, we were right across the loop from uh, LCU, which is obviously right across the street from Lone Wolf. So we would run over there quite often. Um, their red sauce was something different, man. It was fan-freaking-tastic. Um Samantha dreams about that red sauce. They also (laughs) had Fanta Red, which is her favorite drink to pair with Mexican food for some reason. So if if you go, oh, I could see that working. If you go to Rosa's, like they they offer Fanta Red. Uh, There are a couple other restaurants that offer Fanta Red. Um, it's a soda that's not bottled. It's just a a fountain mix, and red is not a flavor. It's not Fanta strawberry. It's not Fanta. I was going to ask you that. Hmm.
1: It's just. It's just red. I'm, I I can get with that. It's like a
0: red cream soda. Uh, it's
1: not big oh, red. One of my, f- uh, two of my favorite drinks are big red and code red Mountain Dew. So yeah, yeah. bring bring on the red dye number 40 or whatever it is. I'm, I'm going to live forever.
0: Yeah. Um. My favorite, I don't know why we're, we're spending so much time talking about uh, Lone Wolf and that wasn't even the question. They had this <laughs> fire taco. So the taco shell was red and it was a spicy, but they had like a spicy Queso in it or like a spicy queso guac. I don't, it was whatever it was that inject that in my veins, man. That is, that is, um, you know,
1: Taco Bell level inception of of different food things in a taco.
0: That's it really impressive. So, I didn't know they had that. Oh, it was so good. It was like a dollar fifty a taco as, as a oh, yeah. per taco expense was a little like, more expensive than just the normal tacos. But man, like when I went, I, I got a I got a combo a combo burrito and like one, maybe two of those fire tacos, and it was like it's going off, man. I have I have one more
1: thought on a possible polarizing chain in West Texas. Okay. Dairy Queen. Mm. And, and I don't know if it's polarizing so much, but I think only people who grew up in small towns or lived in small towns ever actually crave and or go find a dairy queen anymore. I mean, I don't know if,
0: do you have, we've gone frequent the Dairy Queen very much. I, I wouldn't call it frequent. We've been for ice cream. The only time I've yes. eaten at Dairy Queen is when I'm, um, out in Abernathy around a mealtime that they don't want to cook for. Um, like we were, we were helping build a shed, uh, out there. when they first moved out, there's my brother-in-law that owns the, the roofing company now. Um. We were we were assembling one of those Mueller style metal buildings as a as a shed. One funny the guys that dropped it off like yeah, let's take you like four five hours to, to to put this thing together. Eight hours in, we may have been done getting the the four corners squared. Oh, it took three full days of work no, you move move up. that an inch no move this an inch well because like you move uh, it, like dang it move three, that again <laughs> the other three change like wait a minute i need four people here um anyways we were out there and we so we had a dairy queen for lunch a couple times steak finger basket towards where it's at man
1: well and that's that's kind of where i'm getting at you know i think i wonder who eats at dairy queen i just want to know who eats at dairy queen because
0: uh the fine like folks of abernathy fine. texas do oh absolutely I think it's the only fast food place out there.
1: I like it fine. I have nothing against it. But I think the fact that where I grew up, it was the only chain in our town until 2000. And then that chain was a subway. So (laughs) it was the only thing. I mean, it wasn't the only thing. You know, there were a bunch of other burger joints that came and went. And, you know, we frequented those like crazy. But this was like the the stalwart the the thing that you didn't know what else to get. Ah, uh, you know Dairy Queen's going to be open. Nowhere else in town to get ice cream. All this kind of stuff. So I, I think I kind of saturated my first eighteen years of it to where I, I don't really. Mm. Every of- now and then I will have to have a dude though. I don't know what that is. Yeah. That steak finger sandwich or that steak sandwich, man. Um, Sonic makes one not as good. Dairy um, Queens is the OG, but and yeah, I, to, I just I wonder be, who goes.
0: Well, I, I think it's people that grew up in small towns, really. Cause like, right. But were they like me that they, they, maybe
1: they look at it with more nostalgia than I do, which is strange because I look at all sorts of things with nostalgia. Like I almost lost my social security card this week. And That's not good. the thing that I was sad about the most was that it, my dad gave it to me in fifth or sixth grade and I signed it then.
0: <laughs> so your signature was like yeah. shaky. It's, and- it hasn't changed a whole lot.
1: <laughs> it's more legible <laughs> then than it is now. But a lot of the squiggles are very same. So anyway, I mean, even that I was just down bad about, oh man, What's my, I've, had, I've kept up with that thing for 30 years. 30 years. <laughs> yeah. And so I was really bummed about it, but. I never feel the same way about, oh, you know, I should go get a
0: banana Bell buster just,
1: <laughs> I know. I, don't, I still like it, though. I mean, when I was doing. It's good food. It's fine. It is. It is. I I wonder why I don't go. I feel like I'm talking myself into going more. I should.
0: Because, I think when presented with as many options as we have, even in the, the, yeah. the metropolis that is Lubbock, Texas, it's just it doesn't it doesn't hit far enough up to say. Yeah, I think if see. I lived slightly closer to one. Or if there was one closer to my office, there's, I would not, there's not that one far from more. your house. It's the University in the Loop.
1: Yeah, or, but there's the like inside. five things I have to pass to get to that one. <laughs> like a like a Brahms? <laughs> yeah, a pass of Brahms, a Whataburger, Taco a McDonald's, Bell. a Taco Casa, Taco Bell, mm-hmm. Sonic. Uh, yeah.
0: And there's so like that, that's, a it's little just, just kind there's like, ah. a Chinese restaurant over there, too. <laughs> Actually, there are two Chinese restaurants there.
1: Um, well, and if I go to the DQ, that same one from my office, I pass by Bonus Burger and I feel like I'm doing myself a disservice if I just been. don't go to Bonus Burger.
0: Never been. Oh, man, you've got to. Maybe you should not like, go. You and I should do lunch again sometime soon. Go to Bonus we should. Burger. Bad problem with
1: that. It's not a bad problem, but. You can't eat inside there anymore,
0: so we would yeah, have to so we'll brown have to bag on this, it on
1: the tailgate or
0: something. So we'll, we'll go here in a few months when it warms back up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true.
0: We're just eating. Why don't we vehicle. go on Monday, Spencer? What? do you, Yeah, we'll just uh, we'll we'll see how long it takes our our burger to refreeze. Those burgers,
1: you know, they are really hot when they come off the grill. So I bet they could withstand twelve degree temps for a little bit longer than your average burger. Yeah, I'm not so sure.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just imagining like a, like a smash burger to like a, a fairly thin patty that just will like, like a a um, cup of water you throw out in the air when it's like 10 <laughs> degrees and like just refreeze in the mist. Yeah. It's flash frozen. <laughs> that's, that's what the burgers gonna be like. We like unwrap it. Ow. I'm broke a yeah. tooth. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So speaking of food, let's uh, let's wrap this up. With what do we learn? And then uh, we'll get, get you out of here. What do we learn Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. Uh, I'll kick us off. Michael, you're going to talk about some, some barbecue coming up. I've got a pork button going on the smoker tomorrow. This has been something that we, we've been buying in bulk lately <laughs> at a, you not, it's like a, a tag team, like who, between United or HEB who puts a, a pork butt on sale that week. And whenever it hits like under a dollar per pound, we're buying several of them. Um, I thawed one to cook tomorrow. I still have one in the freezer, and then we will have no more pork butts saved. But also in the freezer, I have a brisket, I have ribs, I have chicken breasts and drumsticks, and like oh yeah, I've got all kinds of stuff. Um, I don't I don't know how good a, a brisket is going to be thawed and then cooked, but we'll find out. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, I think I. Th- i've seen people i think if you look if you want to look into it there's people that have done some experiments where they've kept one for a year and then thought it excuse me i don't know if i want to keep it for a year though no 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 i'm not saying you shouldn't you should do that <laughs> right no I, i'm just saying that i think there have some people who've kind of gone a little bit further than most would and then compared it to a regular brisket and i think that's turned out fine yeah i'm I wouldn't worry well, about it. I did some, some ribs and mm-hmm. they were thawed. But I, you know, the last time I did ribs, I, I I nailed it, man. Aside from the seasoning, I should have seasoned it more. So because of that, mainly I gave them a nine out of 10. Uh-oh. If I'd have seasoned it right, I'd have been like a nine and a half out of 10 or, or something because it, the, everything was just perfect. The texture, the color, all of it was perfect.
0: I have not hit a perfect texture rib yet. It's either too, um, like underdone, like like there's still too much of a bite left, or it's like just obliterated and like it shreds when I pick up a bone. <laughs> yeah, you can't cut it. And, no, I, I, and and not even like the bone pulls out; like the meat just falls apart. Like it's now pulled pork
1: rib meat. Well, this this week I did this exact same method, but I'm blaming my results on the weather. Fair. And I'm sorry, my voice just decided to die on us this last two minutes, but, uh, so Saturday was a really windy blustery day. And so I, I have a pellet grill. And so I wanted it to be 275, but with my grill, it's seven years old now and I need to set it, on a windy day and a cold day like that, I need to set it for 300 and mm-hmm. then hope that it stays 275 ish. And it did, but it was, it varied a lot. So I'd, i look outside and it'd be 260 anywhere between 260 and 287.
0: That's not so that between
1: bad. that, right. It's, it's really not too bad, but between that and how much wind was blowing around and everything, the ribs got a little bit more of a crust on them than I would want. And they still tasted good. And I used that rib candy glaze and I like the glaze better. And I seasoned time. it correctly this time. But, and we ate every bit of it, but I'd still, I'd, I'd give them a seven maybe. Mm. Was just kind of, I was just kind of down, kind of disappointed in myself. But I'm getting back out there on Saturday. Getting back on the horse. Getting back on the horse, going to back in the saddle and smoke some burgers Ooh. on Saturday.
0: Is that something like you smoke it the entire time or do you smoke it and then mm-hmm. sear it real quick? No, Which for be the hard cuz I already, did this. It already takes just a second to sear a burger anyways.
1: Well, and then I have to figure out what I'm going to sear it on. So then you got to get something else hot because that the smoker's not hot enough.
0: Oh, I have a Blackstone right next not. to my my smoker so. Yeah, okay. so you'd be able to <laughs> or a, <laughs> no big no big deal. Or a Weber kettle. Which, oh my gosh, the wind yesterday tried to rip the, like it did. It ripped the um, the cover off the Weber kettle, which was Velcroed on. And luckily it got caught on an a actual live wreath that I was about to throw away. But I was like, well, it, it rained recently enough that the, the alleyway was a mess. I was like, I'm just going to keep it here. Anyways, that caught the, the, the kettle cover. But I'd I, I, I use the kettle. But then you have to talk about heating up.
1: Yeah, you charcoal get charcoal.
0: Get that started That for five minutes. minutes of cooking.
1: Yeah, it just kind of seems like a nah, waste.
0: Great. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. Man. But
1: with the smoked burgers, if I remember right, I'll have to go back and look at what I did last time. But I think I cooked them at 300, so it wasn't like a low and slow, like a super low and slow. So it it did build more of a texture, and then I put barbecue sauce on at the end to keep it from drying out. And then last time, I last time. The only note I made was everything was perfect, but I did. I brushed barbecue sauce on twice last time, and that was too much, Spencer. Mm. It was still Definitely. fine. We ate them, but I knew that if I had just brushed it on once, it would have been a lot better.
0: Okay. Lesson learned. Yes. Um, Keep my notebook. Speaking of learning lessons, you introduced me to a new game very recently, Car Mechanic Simulator so those car keep mechanic simulator 2021 you got to be specific because there's an older one 2021 uh i downloaded the game on my xbox game pass the wife and two of the three kids were out of town this weekend so i hit it pretty hard friday night for <laughs> yeah you far did. too many hours i think it ended up being like three or four hours friday night it's um, so addicting isn't it? it well it's just one of those games like i, I start doing and then like you just you realize like there's a process there's a there's a there's an order about things because like you would if you're changing your own brakes, like you've got things in a certain order. You can take the wheel off. Um, then the, the, the caliper's got to come off and then the brake pads can come out, all that kind of stuff. Um, or any other part, like if you're replacing spark plugs, you can take the head off, the, the, the head cover off. Mm-hmm. And you gotta take the, the spark plug wires off. And anyways, without realizing it, like you'll sit there like, that last car took me an hour and a half to, to, to finish <laughs> yes. of game time. And actual like, I mean, sorry, of actual time. Um, yes. Not, not that, you know, doing all that work would actually go that, that quickly in, in a shop. Um, and then I got up Saturday morning, uh, and I got right back on it, man. Um, <laughs> and then we were just total bumps on Saturday. I didn't even realize it happened until it was too late. I looked, it was, it 3 was an o'clock, awful day, three o'clock. Yeah. I was like, Oh my gosh, Hayden, we got to get out of the house, brother. So we went out and I got some disc golf discs for my, 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 uh, and my, my Christmas gifts. We'll just walk into the park. We'll throw the discs walking at the park down to the playground. And then we'll just play the playground for a little bit and then walk back. You know what?
1: That's right. Saturday was a, Saturday was a nice day. It was Sunday. That was awful. That was the day I made the ribs. It anyway, was, go ahead. It
0: was still a little windy on Saturday, but it wasn't. It, it got yeah. worse. Progressively worse. Yeah. Uh, Sunday and then Monday was bad. Oh, my gosh. No. No, it was Sunday. It yes. was really bad. Um, Monday, Sunday and Monday both. And we got a little snow on Monday. Um, yeah, me too. It snowed mud. My truck. Oh, gosh.
1: Anyway. I, I tweeted I, this week. Mike, Mike Leach would have loved reporting on <laughs> snowing mud.
0: It's snowing and mud. It, in Lubbock. R.I.P. Anyways, so I, I, I probably put in a good um, 10, 12 hours on Car Mechanic Simulator 2021, um, figuring out the ins and outs. And I I was listening to you and taking some of your advice on like what I should, should expand and upgrade first. I didn't upgrade the the lift and take on a second car because like, wow, well, you can only work on one car at a time. Right. Um, but there are things like, well, do I need to upgrade the garage because that opens up a few other upgrades or do I need to get like more tools or anyways, I'm just, I'm just clicking through uh, some, some work, man, replacing timing chains and doing oil <laughs> changes and switching out um, suspensions and all that kind of good stuff.
1: Oh yeah. 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 Taking care of the now. Uh, what is it? A camshaft. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. But it, once you change your crankshaft, it changes you, man. It's a whole. You got to get all get all in there. You got to drain the oil. You got to get to the oil pan. You got to mm-hmm. do all this stuff
0: because it will charge you to extra get to the crankshaft. Oh yeah. If you make a mess with oil or coolant, it's like oh, yes, it's going to cost right. an extra fifty yeah. credits to clean that one up, brother. I was like, god oh, dang it. I, I know, to- and fifty—that's that's a lot. It's like I forgot, it adds to, up in this game. Got to drain the dang fluid. Um, I've got
1: a I've got an Oldsmobile Cutlass that I've bought that I'm fixing up slowly but surely. I'm really proud of it.
0: So I haven't gotten to that that stage of the game yet where I'm I'm working on my own car. I've just been working on other people's cars. So you have to uh, let me and, know how. And I, I say
1: did. Oldsmobile Cutlass because it's what they did was they they great valued it so they like oh, Dr. Yeah. Thundered everything, <laughs> which is fine one of my favorite games was interstate 76 and they did the same thing, you know, where, okay, that's obviously a Mustang, but they're calling it a piranha or something. Fine. That's cool. So they do that in this game and the, the Pontiac. Um, Trans am is like a chieftain bandit, which is, Oh, they nailed it. I mean, <clears throat> some of these names are really good. So uh, even though they're not, License. Well, they do have some licensed DLC, but I'm not going to buy DLC for this yet. The one for the the Camaro cracked me up. But I can't remember what the name is now. Uh, it, it, Bolt is Chevy. It's oh man, what is the Camaro? Like I know the, what you're talking about. Uh, mosquito maybe.
0: Bolt mosquito. I don't. Yeah, maybe. But
1: yeah, it's a weird one. And they what was what it was else was weird is for the Camaro, like the '90s version, is a different name than the the 2010s version so it's like they they have two different names for a camaro but only based on the model year they came out i don't know why they did that i've enjoyed the heck out of that game where do you where do you
0: buy junk cars and like at what point in the state like what 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 stage of the game is that in like am i close i'm at like level seven
1: (laughs) you should be able to access that now so you can go to the map and you can go to the Mm. junkyard One thing you should do do, though. Yeah. One thing you should do though is uh, in your settings, you can disable because I think they have kind of, kind of have it hardcore when you start. There's an option to disable paying a fee every time you go to the junkyard. And I turned that off so I can (laughs) just go to the junkyard anytime I want.
0: So are, are, are you pulling parts from the junkyard or are you ordering new parts? You can go to the junkyard and buy
1: cars. They have... Right, but are you
0: you pulling parts to work on a car there? Or are you...
1: Not so much. It's... You have to build up to be able to repair parts, mm -hmm. but then the parts themselves have to be a certain condition to even be worth repairing. And those are hard to find in the junkyard. Once you go start going through the... They have these junk piles. There's not a lot of... God, how many listeners have we lost yet? Uh, There's not a lot of... uh, (laughs) It's fine. Uh, fine. We're doing this for us. It's for us. There's not a lot of parts you can actually take home and repair, but they do have five. Almost every time you go, they will have five cars. They're all different every time. They're in different places every time, and they're in different conditions. And so you can kind of inspect them and, and, and buy them and then slowly fix them up or whatever. So it took me a while. I grinded a lot to get to the point where I could buy one and then actually put some money into it.
0: Yeah, um, I, I, I was looking at it, and it was asking me to to, to to upgrade some things. I was like, I had like sixteen thousand credits or dollars, whatever you want to call it. I was like, I don't know where to, like how low I should let my 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 account get to, like how much I, I should yeah. spend in it, and I hadn't figured out like going to the junkyard yet, because um, the, the, there was one car. I don't know why I was doing it. That like, it give you it gave you like um like fix or repair or replace a part that's under a certain percentage mm-hmm. uh, of life left, but it wasn't on the list of things to do. And I, I just kept doing it. And I, I realized like, I you lost doing so much above money and beyond <laughs> like I totally renovated this dude. like, um, I don't know Ch- Chevy geo or whatever it was. <laughs> and I was like, I, I hooked this dude up and it's like, I got back. I was like, I made like twenty bucks on this car when I did like thousand dollars worth of work. That like yeah. I would have been paid for on the on the things I was working on, but like all the other add ons and things I kept. Well, that one's that one's lower than the threshold. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go buy new and replace it. And then I then I was like, I go ahead and sell all those parts back for like one dollar a piece. And yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Car mechanic simulator twenty twenty one is uh, another. Simulation game that's going to be eating up a lot of my time on the Xbox, uh, as well as Farm Simulator and Fortnite, because we still play Fortnite in this family. But, anyways, I think that'll do it for us on the 23 Personnel podcast, Michael. (laughs) Finally wrapping this one up. Uh, I think Sports Talk finished about 30 minutes ago. Getting ready for the Kansas State basketball game on Saturday, Houston next Wednesday. Tonight was 90 to 67 over, no, whatever it was, over the Cowboys. For Michael, I'm Spencer. will catch you guys next time.
1: Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23Personnel,
0: Spencer at Punt Suck and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up
1: and let the tortillas fly.
0: Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets, Peppa Pig,